Chronicle Elves Show, part of the L Network. We are a bunch of wild and crazy Cleveland Browns fans, bringing you all the latest in Browns news. Tune in now. Welcome to another edition of the new Fanatical Elves show. I am John Suchan, and I'm here with other contributors to our Fanatical Elves network. Some great guys here. We're a bunch of crazy Browns fans. We are excited to be presenting another episode of this new show. So we've got Joel, the left guard. We have, hey, everybody. Uh, hello. We've got Elliot, the village Elliot. And... We have Steve Gill from Tennessee. Welcome, everybody. Let's go around. You can introduce, uh, like, just introduce yourselves. Tell us a little bit, again, uh, your, your backgrounds. Uh, again, I know a lot of these guys from different things myself. I'm a contributor to Dog Pound Daily, Cleveland Sports Talk. So, Joel, we'll start with you. Oh, I'm Joel. I'm at the left guard. I played high school and college football. I've coached all kinds of football. Um, just love football. Steve. Steve Gill at Seatown Thug, contributor to the Fanatical Elves Network and also write for ClevelandSportsTalk.com and also have a blog, uh, DogPoundSouth.net. Lifelong Browns fan. Nice to have you. Elliot, welcome. Hi there. I'm the Village Elliot. I'm a math instructor. I'm also a rocket scientist. I don't know anything about how to play football, but I do like to interpret the numbers, and I can explain the salary cap to you if you're interested in that. Welcome aboard. I, we, we enjoyed We had a great uh, show last week and um, just excited to have these guys back this week, and we're just really uh, moving and, and grooving here. Uh, we are part of the Fanatical uh, like Elves Network. We're also part of the Fans First Sports Network. Um, which is our national kind of network. So we're glad to be part of that, of that team and look forward to shows. We've got our, my, my Johnny Cleveland podcast. We've got the Browns blitz. Uh, the left guard, Joel has his new, what's the title of it, Joel? What the elf was that? Yes. And we have some exciting new shows on the horizon. I know uh, the left guard, Joel and uh, Elliot are in discussions right now. They're in uh, uh bargaining bargaining right now for uh you know salary and whatnot so yes, we, we want more money <laughs> so uh just nice to have everybody aboard so uh, this show we're gonna talk about a variety of topics that are, are hitting the browns right now and some new new news some old news we're looking at some history we've got some browns trivia we'll finish the show by giving our way yes we like giving like our giveaways so we'll, we have our browns t-shirt that we will be giving away at the end of the show. Appreciate the, those folks that have won so far. We've got a pullover that someone has won. We've also got a, a hat 
Uh, thank you for those uh, giveaway winners in the past. Uh, Joe, I think, just sent us a picture of his elf hat, which I think a couple of us are wearing our elf hats tonight. So um, I, I see, Joel, that you're sporting your uh, yours there. Awesome. And Steve, you got your orange hat. Awesome. And Coach Village, you are, you know, Miss, Mr. Elliot, you are wearing your, your coach's uniform, which I, I just, just love. So that tie dimple is amazing. You see that? <laughs> yeah, that's that like that a perfect tie dimple. I mean, man, that's that's a man who's tied a tie many a times. <laughs> All right, folks. Let me let me just pose this out. Throw it out there to you. A couple big stories this week. Obviously, the OBJ story. Uh, I know, uh, Joel. You you meant talked about it. And I actually saw one of your tweets earlier this evening. Um, and uh, maybe you can uh, talk a little bit about what you mentioned there with their, the, the uh, Baltimore uh, high-powered offense. Also, the um, other story today is that the Browns uh, have decided they're going back to Cleveland Browns Stadium. They are no longer going to be part of with First Energy, so it'll just be called Cleveland Browns Stadium. So some news there. Who'd like to begin? Anybody want to start there? Uh, Joel, I know you had some words about OBJ. Well, first of all, you can always hop over to What the Elf Was That podcast to get the full version of the OBJ scenario there. But my question for OBJ and What the Elf Is That about is just, here's a guy who hasn't made a Pro Bowl since 2016, hasn't had over 1,100 yards receiving since 2016, has two surgeries, coming off of not having played a season. His dad was complaining about Baker Mayfield. What in the world is going to happen in Baltimore? And then DaCosta comes out and says he's in the right town with the right offense, with the right quarterback. And I had to ask, are we talking about Baltimore here? I mean, what is this? <laughs> it's nuts. It's absolutely crazy. I know, like, who said, that's, who don't said the Ravens? Again? Yeah, who don't the Ravens have the old Browns? coordinator or somebody there with the offense yeah they got todd monk in there todd monkin's a big air raid guy so what um, happens in the air raid essentially is the quarterback is reading receivers okay and so the receivers are reading corners so however the corners lined up how they react to post snap that's what they're doing so there's really two main categories of of plays in the air raid offense one go long the straight nines is what they call it. And two, if you can't go long, you go short or intermediate, basically. Yeah. So right. every play, you're faking going long. And if you can't go long, you can't beat the corner, you cut short. I mean, we saw how this worked out in Cincinnati with, with OBJ, right? He tries to go long. He can't beat his man. Baker throws it short. He comes back and tears his ACL. I'm not sure what Baltimore thinks they're going to accomplish with OBJ here unless they think, okay, we can at least get him as a possession receiver that's going to cut the route short and sit inside zones, which are the two routes that Lamar Jackson can hit. The long nine route, the run into the end zone, run past somebody, and the guy who's sitting down in a zone. Those are the two throws Lamar Jackson makes. Okay, So you're going to pay $15 million guaranteed to a guy who basically can run one route in your offense. Have fun with this, Baltimore. <laughs> oh. I, actually, I have something to add to that. I think we need to really pay tribute uh, to Anthony Schwartz on this um, whole exchange. 
Uh, let's let's look back. Let's remember that it was Anthony Schwartz that ran a poor route against uh, Houston. Mm-hmm. Uh, that caused an interception. Baker Mayfield tried to make the tackle. Baker got injured. Yes. Baker tried to come back and played terrible with an injured shoulder. He lost his job. Uh, that resulted in the Browns signing Deshaun to a very large deal. Lamar wanted the same deal. Baltimore said no. Then Baltimore signed OBJ, I think, to help break the impasse, which is the reason why Anthony Schwartz should be a folk hero. Thank you, Anthony Schwartz. Erecting the statue now. Yeah, absolutely. But, yeah, I I think the whole thing is let's give some credit where credit is due. OBJ really had a fantastic playoff run with the Rams. It really came together for him. But let's also remember that late in the season, he was not the primary receiver for the Rams. It was a guy named Cooper Cup. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And late in the season, you get to play against thinned out secondaries. And I'm not sure how much weight we should give to his excellent performance. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, it was a fantastic performance. Yeah, but and, Baltimore's paying him like he's the number one now. Yes, yeah, he's paying him to be a number one receiver. Baltimore's paying him like a number one. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I'm not sure that that's a good idea. It's a guy that's had two ACL operations on uh, the same knee. Yeah. And man, I don't know if that's a good idea. I think the whole idea is that that's going to cause Lamar Jackson to want to re-sign with Baltimore. Mm-hmm. And that that may not really be a very good idea. I don't see the fit. I don't mm-hmm. know that Lamar Jackson is going to want to be throwing bombs to OBJ. I think that there was fall on both sides of the street when Baker and OBJ were having wars. Mm-hmm. I saw the problem being that OBJ wanted to make his own ad hoc moves and Baker didn't know where he was going. Mm-hmm. It wasn't that Baker couldn't hit him. Baker didn't know where he's going to be. Yeah. You know, OBJ wasn't running the best routes, uh, you know, predictable routes. And um, I think that that he did clean that up with the Rams. I think they... I mean, the other part of this whole thing, like with OBJ, I mean, he's coming off his second major surgery. It's just crazy that they're signing him this guaranteed money. Then... What is the suspicion out there? What's I've heard some people talking about him being suspended potentially. Where's that coming from? That OBJ is going to be suspended. I have not heard that. You have not heard that. Okay, I've heard that in no. the last couple of days. Um, and I mean, I'm I made trying... a joke about it on my podcast because Uh-oh. his salary is broken down. His, See, there you go. His salary is broken down to thirteen and a half million guaranteed signing bonus, and then he gets a one and a half million dollar salary, which was the rallying cry ah. for Deshaun oh, Watson's yeah. case. Yeah. Right? He, right? They have this all this huge bonus money, but only a million dollar salary because they're you're a funny guy. There, hiding <laughs> hiding his money for him. You know, so maybe Baltimore expects him to be suspended. They got to protect his money. Let me remind you of one thing. Elliot's law of Internet sarcasm is there's nothing you can say that is so stupid that somebody won't take it seriously on the Internet. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, especially Brown's Twitter. Oh, that Greg Newsom thing that came out recently? Ready to go. (laughs) 
Oh, yeah, actually, let's point out something else that's very interesting, though, is that if they do have to franchise tag Lamar Jackson, I believe that his cap charge is going to be something like $32 million. Yes. And uh, with the restructuring million. of Deshaun Watson's contract, that actually mm-hmm. made a huge difference. Mm-hmm. And his salary cap charge this season is only going to be $19 million now. Now, sometime in the future uh-huh. there is going to be a day of reckoning the browns are going to try oh, to yeah. postpone that as long as possible but for this season the yeah. quarterback salary charge may actually favor the browns and watson's contract is not a onerous burden in 2023 yeah. steve it's let me get baltimore well elliot and steve like steve i know you talked about this in your dog pound uh, south blog you were you were you were making reference to that i read the other day about was it 2025 that's like what elliot you're saying with the browns with their cap uh, yeah 2025 is when things get a little wonky uh with the cap uh-huh. i mean they can do something next year next year he's due what is it elliot 46 million no uh, it's gotten higher back- since they restructured it's okay uh, very, oh very that's angry. right yeah yeah but they're gonna they're they'll do something with it but then after that it's it just gets that's why you know it just gets a little bit precarious in 2025 and that's why this draft the next draft you're you're drafting for the future of course you always do that because the main guardrail is you never pay for depth (laughs) and so they uh yeah they're they did a they andrew barry and his front office are pretty smart at doing contracts course everybody's going to get suspended but then again you know they're guarding against that and and elliot too you're you're uh you wrote a couple pieces this week for dog pound daily if you haven't checked it out some of us write for dog pound daily you wrote some uh great pieces about the late round um picks of, of browns uh the seventh rounders and the and sixth round i think you talked about donovan people's jones being the highlight of the sixth round recently mm-hmm well, I wanted to put a positive spin on it, but the fact of the matter is, is the Browns can't draft in the late rounds. They're really, overall, drafting very poorly. They only drafted one good player in the past 15 years. That was Donovan Peoples-Jones. Mm-hmm. So it's not a good investment. But I, I say this, uh, going back to restructuring uh, Deshaun Watson, as long as he's having good years, you can add years on the back end. If they add additional years yep. and extend them, then they can keep on mm. giving him a small uh, uh, cap charge in the present year and add some right. enormous number in the back year, and they can keep on playing this year by year. Mm-hmm. At some point, it will catch up with them. And, uh, you know, at some point, you know, when he's 40 years old or something, he'll retire <laughs> and the Browns will have this $200 million chunk of change that they have to absorb over a two-year period. And it will be very, very bad. We don't know when that will be. Hopefully yeah. it won't be until a long period of time. It's but like there that. will be a rebuilding period at some point. Mm-hmm. It's like yeah, that he's, only he's only 26. So right now. Yeah, I know. Well, it's great. He too has had two ACL surgeries. I don't know how True. he can play, but yeah, if he if he lasts a long time, it's all good. 
Yeah, so he's he had he two had of them. Yes. Watson's had two, two. Yes. Okay. Not on the same knee. One, one on each uh, knee. Okay. This goes back to college. Um, or it- yeah, I think one was in college and one was, one was in college. rookie year in, in Houston, I believe. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So not 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 cool. Hopefully, no, not stay cool. Healthy. It's not <laughs> not cool. Not cool. <laughs> I'm not totally happy. Let me, with, let, me with, let me jump to the other news just real quick about the Brown Stadium, and then um, as far as um, any, are you surprised by this move, um, or did you all see this coming? And what does this do for the Browns? And is there a potential new suitor, or are they going to just be Cleveland Brown Stadium? Uh, anybody want to take that? To begin with, yeah, I'd like to take that. I think sure. it's a very good business move, and the reason is that uh, the stadium lease is coming due in uh, 2029, uh-huh. and yep. they're asking the state of Ohio and the city of Cleveland for a massive amount of money. Mm-hmm. And if it's going to be First Energy Field, First Energy Stadium, whichever it is, I don't even remember. Who wants to? Uh, vote for a massive amount of public money for a utility company. I mean, how happy does that make you actually feel? So I think it is a good business move if it's for the Cleveland Browns. The yes. Cleveland Browns stadium, we might have a chance to put something together with local politicians, local and state politicians, and get something together for a Cleveland Browns stadium rather than a utility company's uh, stadium. That makes more sense. I just always thought that people had to do that now. Like that was part of like the new way of, you know, all these stadiums are named after this, that, or the other thing. And I just assume that this is like commonplace, but them going back uh, to just the name of the, of the team surprised me for that reason. I don't know why. Maybe I'm just uh, got it used to every one wow. of these stadiums being named something different, bizarre names like bowl games being called strange things, you know. Well, they'll pay you something for it, but how much will they pay versus how much money do you want to raise for a new stadium or modifications to the old stadium, I should say? Yeah. Uh, in just a few years. Yeah. Well, in, uh, you got to remember in 99. After they rushed and built this stadium, they had to build this thing in three years. Yes. Uh, it was called Cre- Cleveland Brown Stadium, and the naming, naming rights were for the gates where you came into the stadium. Okay. Back when they first opened up in 99, which I thought was, oh, that's pretty good. It's Cleveland Brown Stadium, but you go in through, you know, Poulan Weed Eater Gate. So, you know, <laughs> that was a way to make a little money, but... You know, it's been done before. I I, I agree with uh, Elliot that it's it's a good first business move if you're going to do a new stadium or renovate a stadium. It's it's smart so, business. So the, I, I want to jump in on this. Yeah, yeah, Joel. Yeah, I want to jump in on this. <clears throat> I'll tell you a different perspective on it. One, I'm just a skeptic. So when I read the, I, I'm skeptical <laughs> of everything. But anyway, <clears throat> my 24 year old son has been advocating for the Browns to change the name of the stadium ever since first America was it first energy. Yep. First energy was implicated in the scandal. Yes. Yeah. See, that's yep. where I, yep. That's what I was. So I think about. this is, it's also an appeal to a younger generation, like my generation. And I'm not going to give my age out, but my, my generation, I, I don't really care. 
I mean, it's just a funding source. Who cares? Right. Yeah, right? I don't care either. <clears throat> right. So, but I think for the younger generation, they're more environmentally <laughs> conscious, more conscious of what's this going to do to, are we backing ethical companies? Things that I don't really get into, but some people really do, right? So my 24-year-old son has just been on. Like, they got to change the name. I can't believe they keep the name. I can't believe they keep the name. I think there's some of that behind yeah. this, too. Yeah, like, well, I think we, you're right. We want to distance ourselves <coughs> from the scandal. Now, yeah. I think Elliot has echoed what they said in, in their press release, right? The press release said when we started with First Energy Stadium, they were doing innovative things with energy and alternate energy sources. But now they've just turned into a utility company, and we just want to distance ourselves from a utility company, blah, 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 blah. Okay. I'm not discounting Elliot's take because I think it's a good take. I just discount the idea that the reason they're turning down millions of dollars is because they're getting it from a utility company. Mm. Give me a break. That yeah. That's not that's okay. not the reason. The reason is, and I tend to agree with Elliot, you want to distance yourself from a scandalous company that is mistreating some part of your fan base. Right, right. And so you want a new stadium. Yeah. So we're talking the uh, – so it's in terms of the new stadium, just First Energy Stadium – it was designed. We got the name First Energy Stadium back in 2012, and I saw some. This is we're leading into the Browns trivia question. I saw some things on this um, afternoon about the uh, first uh, in 2012. The Travis Benjamin. I don't know if you saw the highlight. He ran a like a 95-yard punt return back in the last week of the of. Um, uh, the 2012, or maybe that was the last time it was Cleveland Browns Stadium before they went to First Energy Stadium. He ran back a touchdown at the end, like one of the last games against the Kansas City Chiefs. I don't know if anybody saw that. So my my trivia question has to do with who are the three quarterbacks that the Browns have drafted in the first round since 2012? Who are the three? quarterbacks and i actually saw one of these guys they were in, on the highlight reel uh, that were drafted between 2012 and today there there are three quarterbacks the browns have taken in the first round so that is our trivia question we can think about it now and we can come back to it or if you know the answer we can talk about it right now let's come Ooh. back to it let's come back to it all right let's come back let me let me let me go to the next segment um the cardiac history segment Still talking quarterbacks. Since 1999, the Browns have had a boatload of quarterbacks. <laughs> which are the of your? Which are some of your favorites? I think we all have. Or which are the ones that are your favorites that you thought maybe at the time when you followed the team had a legitimate chance at becoming that franchise quarterback? I think we've run through what 30, 32, 31 starting quarterbacks. So of that bunch, who do you have as a, a, a one or two quarterbacks that you, at the time, not now, but at the at the moment, you thought maybe this could be the guy outside of some of the – All right. Yeah. Who'd like – Steve, you want to start? Sure. Okay. Uh, I'll start with uh, Timmy Couch. There you go. I, I think if he had been able to stay healthy uh, and – I saw him live here in, in Nashville when he played the Titans in back-to-back year. Saw him give a great comeback mm-hmm. in, uh, I think it was 2002. Uh, you know, 
I always thought I, I live in SEC country and I saw him when he played at Kentucky. Right. So I thought he was, he was going to be, I thought they made the right choice. And the other one was Brady Quinn. I, at the time, yeah. I thought that as he fell down the draft board, as I watched at a draft party with a fellow uh, fanatical draft, Browns draft, Nick, a late friend of mine, we were both just looking at the teams going, do they need a quarterback? Do you think they need a quarterback? Do they need a quarterback? He's still there. And when they drafted him, I mean, that was him and Joe Thomas. I thought that was going to be, wow, this is this is franchise ch- changing first round draft. Yep. So. I totally, you know, I, I missed the Wendy's commercials. He used to, or was it Subway? Brady Quinn used to do, was it Subway <laughs> or, or, or Wendy's or both? Did he do both? Subway. Subway. I think he okay. did Subway. Okay. Yeah, I was all, I went Yeah, those to, are the two. And when, what year was Quinn drafted? 2012. Well, it was, well, no, 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 it, no, no, no. It was the same year that Joe Thomas went first. About 2000. I thought it was 12. No, no, Brandon Whedon was 12. Right. Brandon oh, no, was there's 12. a. Right. That's the trivia answer. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> it was about I think it was 2008. Eight. Well, I think eight, was, because, yeah, I, because I took Alec, my son, out to Denver. We were in Wichita and we drove out. The Browns played the Broncos one year in his Braden Quinn's rookie season, I think. And I don't think Brady lasted that long in that season. I think he got hurt. Yeah. Um, they couldn't, the Browns couldn't get the ball beyond like the 20 yard line in that, in that game. It seemed like so I, there, there might be some issues there. Um, Joel, who do you it was have? 2007. 2007. Okay. Well, yeah. I'm going to have to go with my alum Brady Quinn, baby from Notre Dame. <laughs> As a fellow Notre Dame alum, I got to go with Brady Quinn. Right? You know, Brady Quinn, I liked him coming out of the draft. He played in a pro-style offense while he was there. He was mobile. He had a sense of history where he belonged in Notre Dame history, where he was going to go in in pro football history. He played at a big-time program, played very well at a big-time program. But then he came out, and then he had all kinds of accuracy issues. He sat in that green room. Yeah. <laughs> you look yeah. at that look, like that, that <laughs> sad-faced look on the green room, trying to not look like he's sad, but wondering, what the elf is going on, right? Oh, he got it in again. <laughs> yeah. Brady <laughs> Quinn was my dude. Of course, you know, now now I'm rooting for JOK, fellow Notre Dame alum. We got to make sure that we get our Notre Dame connection going. Oh, that'd be... I felt the same way, Joel. I felt the same way when they got Elliot. Um, I mean, when they got um, Brady. I just, you know, he coming out of Notre Dame. His, he was a good. He was there what all four years. He was his his completion rates were were solid. Um, coming out of school, you just thought he he would have that be have that ability to transition. But Elliot, who do you got? Jason Campbell. Ah, I ah. still think. I still think that. Jason Campbell got a raw deal. Mm. He <laughs> he consistently he played with bad teams throughout his entire career, mm-hmm. but I think he was a worthy number one draft pick by Washington. And mm-hmm. I think when he came to Cleveland, he just played with some really poor talent all the way around. And uh, I, I'm just not convinced that he was a bad quarterback. I think he was Elliot, what years were, were he there uh, in Cleveland? Because I saw him play also in Kansas City. 
and they almost pulled off a really big win. That was when Kansas City, I think, was starting to get. Oh, uh, not not Kansas City, but wasn't he with? Uh, oh, gee, let me look it up. Um, well, the no, game I was, saw, he, he played against the Chiefs. It was in a game in Kansas City. Against the, yeah. And, yeah, and against it was a Chiefs. very good game, and Campbell did very good. I think he was replacing one of the other starters who had. Was that? Yeah, he Brandon played with uh, Oakland for a while, and he uh, had uh, a good season uh, in Oakland. And okay, um, right. Uh, See, so he went seven and five, and then he went four and two. So he was a winner in Oakland. And, um, but he did not have a good year in Cleveland. He was what one and was seven that? for what year was that, Elliot? Uh, his years in Oakland was uh 2010 and 2011, and uh, then with the Browns in 2013, and okay. um, then he ended his career in Cincinnati. So he kind of came in because you talked to Joel, you mentioned Brandon Whedon came in, he was drafted in 2012. Campbell was brought in the following year because that was such a disaster, correct? Yeah. Brandon Whedon was a disaster. From the <laughs> time he got caught underneath that damn flat well, that, I mean, we can go into flag. the we can go into the X's and O's about why he was a disaster. I could tell you that all day long, but the fact well, he that he was thirty player. the fact that he was thirty before his first game as a rookie. That's why it was a disaster. What the elf was that all about, right? Yeah. <laughs> what, what, what the hell? He was 28. He was not 30. But he was. Oh, come yeah, on now, Elliot. Come on, yeah. <laughs> He's going out there with a cane and a walker. Come on. Yeah, yeah. Your brain needs to develop <laughs> the quarterback skills. It's like learning a foreign language. If you don't do it at a certain point in terms of brain development, your brain just turns into petrified wood. It just doesn't happen. <laughs> I'll get into a little bit of the technical on this if you want, just a small bit, right? So I mentioned earlier that air raid offense of Todd Monken where the quarterback watches receivers and reads receivers, right? In the NFL, most – most like every other offense on the planet, you, you read defenses. So you're looking at defenses. In the air raid system, you're looking at wide receivers and what moves are they making in relationship to the defensive players. Brandon Whedon played at Oklahoma State, ran an air raid offense down like in the Big 12 like they always do down there, and they put up a ton of numbers. And I thought, wow, he's mature. He's not going to do stupid stuff. He's going to be really good. He can throw the ball. He's got a rocket arm. And if we have a franchise quarterback in place, we can sell the team for a few more than we had before. So that's the Brandon (laughs) Whedon story right there. Now, Brandon Whedon, didn't he have – he had some historic, like, shuffle, like, passes that were, like, you saw him live during the games and you were like, what the elf was that? Like, it was terrible. I remember – I remember a game he committed three turnovers in the in like same play. a minute ten seconds. Oh, I remember that game of possession time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my I, god! <laughs> I, I'd like to pick up on something that Joel said. You know about selling the team. I think that's exactly why the Browns managed to trade three draft picks to move up one spot to draft who. Trent Richardson, a running back. <laughs> oh, my God. And then they drafted Brandon Weed, and in the first round, they managed to kill two first-round draft picks in that draft. Uh, 
for offensive glamour players because they wanted to sell the now, team. Now, wait a second. Was yep, this they wanted when, to sell the team. Yep. Was this when Ray Farmer, was he still there, or did Ray Farmer Mike come in Holmgren in 2014? This was Holmgren, Aaron. Was Holmgren, yeah. Because then Ray Farmer... Around... He's driving around training camp in a in a golf cart with a cocktail in his hand. So what do you expect? To have? <laughs> yeah, and a little umbrella and everything. Mike Holmgren yeah, was like the de facto owner. The they wanted to inject yeah. offense into the team and make it exciting so that somebody would want to buy the team. Yeah, and that's exactly what happened. Jimmy Haslam said, "Oh boy, a rookie quarterback and a running back. I'll yeah, I'll I'll pay a billion dollars for this team." Yeah, Thank we got the franchise quarterback in place. We're we're good to go. Oh, yeah, yeah. Why? Well, let let's let's um, skip ahead back to the future now, and let's talk a little bit about the mock, mock some mock drafting here. Um, the draft is coming up in Kansas City on April twenty seventh, Thursday. The Browns don't have a pick until day two. Currently, they're scheduled to pick number 74 and then number Correct. 98. I think 111 and 166. Yeah. 126, um, 140, 142, 190, and 229. So for this if portion, they're yes. picking. <laughs> if. So what I'd like to do is to go around and get your takes on who are some of the players in the first, at least the first portion of the draft that you potentially, maybe you've done a, a mock yourself. I know many of you have, I know have done your own mock and have published some of those things. So let's go around the room um, and let's start Elliot. Let's start with you. And if you want to share out maybe your first, what you think the Browns might do in that first pick uh, maybe, and then we'll go see what else everybody else thinks in that first pick go around. Well, yeah, I, I actually think that uh, they did very well drafting a cornerback, cornerback, not quarterback. And what the numbers show is that you can get pretty much first-round talent at the cornerback position when you draft in the third round. And I've looked at the numbers, and there are a lot of guys that are in the four fours and even the four threes that are projected to be available in the third round and okay. i think that they they could get a really good talented guy yeah if they draft there i think one guy that one name that keeps on popping up is uh trivius hodges tomlinson from texas christian he's a 441 guy okay there are even people that think that some of the four three guys could be available uh in round three uh, i also have a a uh Dark Horse, yeah, a guy named Jalen Jones from Texas A&M, who has an atrocious four-five-seven time in the forty, but <laughs> he has no statistics because nobody dared to throw against him in college. And from- what I what I found was, and here here's what you pay me for, or you pay me all this money for, is that he <laughs> did have a terrible forty-yard dash time. Yeah. But he had a pretty good 10-yard dash time. And what I think maybe happened is that he might have pulled a muscle or something and actually slowed down in the 40-yard dash. Yes. And he <laughs> might actually be a 4-4 guy. And at his pro day, he did run a 4-4. Okay. I think, hey, this guy might actually be faster 
then his 40-yard dash time at the Combine. What's his last name again? Tell me that. I'm sorry. Uh, Jalen Jones from Texas A&M. So I'm saying don't believe the 4-5-7. I think that he's actually faster than that. I'm saying the fact that he played in the SEC and nobody would throw on him means that he's probably pretty fast and he's probably pretty good. Yeah. Believe the uh, stats. Believe the fact that all these hot shot quarterbacks down there wouldn't throw against him. So I, I think it. he might be a lot better than people think. You know, Elliot, that's why they hmm. run the 40s. They run the 40s, <laughs> not because they don't know how fast they are, because they know how fast they are. And they've seen them on tape, so they know how fast he is on tape. They run the 40s to see if they're injured, to see if they're hiding something, because you can't uh-huh. run a 40 full speed injured. So that's what they're testing. They're testing if they're injured, if they're lying to them. Mm-hmm. Well, you know who originally had... he ran. That's what I think. I think you they should all give them. I, I, I'm sorry, Steve. I think they're. I'll come right no. back to you. I think they should all give them a, a book and put what a hundred dollar bill on the back page of the book um, and see if they <laughs> see if they take that. See, see if they take the money or if they lie about it and they don't. They don't take the money, but then they or they take it and they like. Whoa, whoa, wait, wait. What movie is that from? Oh, well, that's right. Draft day. Only if we get Kevin Costner yeah. to be our GM. Right. I'm sorry. Okay, yeah. Steve, back to you. Sorry. <laughs> Well, just I was just going to say about the forty. You know who invented that, don't you? Oh, I do. I do. Paul Brown. Paul Brown, because he wanted the average punt back then yep. would go forty yards, and he wanted the fastest guys on the punt team. So I wrote an extensive article. Forty. Steve, I wrote an extensive article on this when the Browns signed so did I. <laughs> Bahorquez for Dog Pound Daily, yeah. and I oh, made really? some serious people upset. Like, because they're out there tweeting out, this guy can kick the ball 80 yards. Well, who cares? Your coverage can only run 40. 40. All you're doing is kicking the ball to the guy and letting him get a 40-yard head start on your defense. (laughs) Just kick the ball 40 yards, make him fair catch the ball, and move on. Anyway, I digress. Okay. Yeah. Who do you got at 74? Steve, who do you yeah, Steve, who do you have at 74? Oh, man, I, I've been going through this. I've got so many mock drafts. And I, I got a feeling it's 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 going to be either a wide receiver or a linebacker. I don't know why linebacker keeps coming back to me. Um, you, what are a couple names? And I'm got? intrigued by a few. Well, on the wide receivers, it's, it's pretty much – you know, Josh Downs, North Carolina, Tyler Scott, Cincinnati, yep. uh, Marvin Mims, Oklahoma, and Nate Dell, Houston. I mean, those are the ones that keep popping up in association with the Browns. Okay. Um, linebacker? Linebacker, eh, that's a little bit a little bit hairy. Noah Sewell of Oregon comes up, and then the, uh, the kid down in Alabama, Henry, uh, and I always butcher his last name. It's T O O T O O O. Oh, two two, two two. Yeah, he keeps <laughs> popping up. Uh, you know, Deuces. I thought maybe, I, I, I thought maybe the um, the kid from Iowa, Campbell, might fall down into he the seventy fours, and that that would be nice. But it would be. I, I, I don't know if you will. I just can't see it. I just yeah. can't see it. Yeah, Joe. We'll come back to the other picks here in a minute. Joe, who do you got? Joel. All right. Sorry. So I uh, I decided to. 
we were talking about this before we started. I decided to channel my inner Mike Dicka. <laughs> and I traded every pick yeah. past the third round. Okay. To go up to number 54 with the Los Angeles Chargers. Ah. All right. To go to 54, 54. in the hopes of drafting. Yeah. The one guy that I want in this draft, and that is Mozzie Smith of University of Michigan. There you go. And Ma, let me read this to you from uh, Dwayne, uh, Dane Brugler's draft guide. Okay. His football instincts are well developed to feel blocking pressures and track the football. That is all you need from a defensive lineman. If yeah. a defensive lineman go. can fire into an offensive lineman, feel how he's being blocked, uh-huh. counter that, find the football, and make a tackle, that is all I want out of a defensive lineman. That is all Jim Schwartz wants out of a defensive lineman. Yep. I think the Browns need to go all in. Go get this guy. He's a, he's a nose tackle. He plays nose tackle rough and tough, and he's number one on somebody's chart of freak athletes. So this is like the Miles Garrett of nose tackles. <laughs> let's just it. let's just trade the trade the house, yeah. and go get him. I right? Except it. I did pick, I did keep number seventy four. Oh, so I did okay. keep seventy four. So with that one, I took Marvin Mims of Oklahoma. Yeah. And the only reason I took the only reason I took him was because he can return punts, and I'm sick yep. of watching the punt catcher. I'm sick of watching that guy back there catching the punt and then waving his hand in the air, and that's all we're doing, right? Catch the ball, yep. run with the ball. Like, I'm sick of watching Jim Leonard back there, back from the Mike Pettin days, just catching the ball and giving <laughs> up. Just run with the thing. Well, before we run out, that, um, my pick at 74 is linebacker, well, edge rusher, linebacker, kind of a, com- a Carl Brooks kid from Bowling Green. Oh, okay. He had, he had a really good career at Bowling Green. Obviously, he was in the MAC. He, you know, his numbers are, are you know, pretty, pretty good. But um, there's some questions about his position and how that would transition. So that that's my pick at 74. Um, let's go to the Zach's, next. Um, Any other... Didn't he? He had a visit, didn't he? He, he was did. one of the I know, and, visit. Right, yeah. and and I know I talked Steve, the other guy that keeps popping up. I know in some conversations. And it could be in one of these later picks is your your guy, and I don't think Joel, you've mentioned it or Elliot, the the uh, kid Dexter from Florida, um, the lineman. Is that right? Defensive lineman. Yeah, he's a defensive tackle. Defensive yeah, tackle. Yeah, he runs so, like a yeah uh, ridiculous forty. But he's come yes. in twice, I think, to the Browns, or at least you know people visit all the time. I'm sure. But what are some other picks? I guess any Elliot will start with you. Any other picks beyond seventy four or some other ones? down the line that you some other names that you are are thinking that the browns might target well i i kind of want to draft an offensive tackle in round four Um, okay uh i you know i i kind of um i want to see if um possibly there's an opportunity to um uh draft an offensive tackle and make a move to uh, insert a new tackle at left tackle. Ah, I don't know if we have a, uh-huh. we can have a taker to make a salary cap move at left tackle. We, we might so have remove Jedrick. Uh, yeah. If we, can, if we can take uh, Jed and, uh, 
a draft pick and make a move somehow. Yeah. I don't know if uh, if uh, there's a taker for him. Um, but if there is, I would try to move him. And, uh, you, you know, maybe sort of a, a miniature uh, uh, Brock Osweiler deal where we would have to give a draft pick in order mm. to move him. Ah, oh, there's a name for you. Um, <laughs> but I, I think I'd rather have the uh, uh, cap space and uh, take my chances with a rookie offensive tackle there. Is there a name that you like huh. out there in the fourth round? Is there somebody that you've... Well, I, you know, really what I could do is mention uh, some of the names that are out there um, in the fourth round, but I really can't tell you that I can scout, you know, oh, watch the tape and stuff like that. But I some promise of the names, you, you're like not finding Jackson, a fourth round Kirkland guy better than from Jay. Washington. No. Uh, yeah. Richard Gurridge from Florida. Mm. I hope I pronounced his name right. I don't even know. Matthew Bergeron from Syracuse are mentioned as potentially mm, yeah. going in round four. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but uh, really, uh, you know, I want uh, somebody that's, um, you know, a big guy. The Browns have a history of mm. drafting undersized tackles that are really supposed to be guards. And saying, oh, mm. well, maybe we can get away with uh, playing him at tackle. Mm. And it just doesn't work out. So I want him to draft a guy that actually – measures up to the position and okay uh, and seeing if we can right. can get by there steve where who do you got in any other names in the latter oh, part i've of got the- I, well you know i'm 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 going by and speaking of tackles uh they just had uh, tyler steen from alabama in for a visit or they're going oh, they, to yes. this week yeah so yeah that caught my eye uh I trenton think- simpson from Clemson. He's a yep. linebacker. He can play linebacker, inside linebacker, outside linebacker, and on some occasions he can cover the slot. Now that intrigues okay. me quite a bit. And for some reason, and and we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. This kid Andre Andre Carter of, of Army. Yeah, you is mentioned just him. Intriguing me just just because of his size. Big I mean, guy, like, two, like six seven. Two, Six six two seventy. I mean that, and that's you know he's listed on a lot of draft boards as a linebacker. He's listed on a lot of draft boards as an edge. Mm-hmm. So I'm just thinking what uh, Schwartz could do with a guy that size. Mm. Joel, I want to. I don't have any picks left. Oh, you've so, but you, wanna, you've traded. I want to get back though. Oh, I want to yeah, get back right. to this Jedrick Wills thing. Okay. Yes. I think the Browns fans have been spoiled with Joe Thomas. <laughs> Tremendous. Yes, Jedrick I, Wills I is the guy who comes after Joe Thomas. And this Jedrick Wills could be an all pro, but he is going to be garbage compared to Joe Thomas. Okay. Yep. So I think but, if but you want to replace, yeah. if you want to replace Jed Wills, what you need to do is play his fifth year of his contract Use a first-round pick on another offensive tackle. Left tackle is a premium position in this league. You cannot fill that with a fourth-rounder. You're just not. You can fill right tackle with a fourth-rounder. They took that guy Hudson. He only played offensive tackle for one year. And Mm -hmm. by the way, he looks like it. He's played tackle for one year. But (laughs) you, you just left tackle is not a position you mess with. Just take a big high pick. Right. 
and get a left tackle. If Wills doesn't work out, fine. Let him go. Yeah. Move him. Move him to guard. Use a first round pick on a left tackle. Yeah, we don't or, have or a first sign round somebody pick. that's good. I know we don't have a first round pick. That's the problem. So you got to hang on to Wills because I don't think you're going to find anything on the open market that's going to be better than Wills. Now, one name he's going to trade. He's going to trade the entire 2024 draft for an offensive tackle. I'm not trading the whole draft. Yeah, we no. already <laughs> traded the 2024 draft. I'm sorry, you're too I'll late. Trade, I'll trade one pick. <laughs> I'll keep one. One, one other name that um, <laughs> I wanted to just get out there, and uh, our our leader in chief with Dog Pound Daily, Randy, uh, loves this guy, and he had me start looking at some tape a couple weeks ago. We haven't mentioned tight ends, but there's a kid down oh. at Old at Old Dominion. He got hurt this Zach past fall. Kuntz. Yep, Zach Coons. Oh yeah, and uh, saw some tape of his, and uh, yeah, it could. That would be a, a later round, mid round, fourth, fifth. You know, maybe he slides as the sixth. I mean, we know that we don't have a great history with the sixth round and beyond. But this kid looks like he could do, do something. He got injured last year, uh, but he came yeah. back and he did some great things at the combine. I think he athletically was better than most, right? From what uh, the the reports were showing um, after all of that. So. That's a name that I think, you know, we'll see what happens with the Browns. They've got some decent tight ends now, but. Yeah, he's, uh, I got him on my list for uh, a day three potential tight end. Yeah. Because they're going to take a tight end. All right, let me, let's run. um, So last week on our inaugural Fanatical Elves show, our premiere of that show, we had a Steelers joke segment that was (laughs) fantastic. And led by Elliot here, who is the uh, joke teller. But now we have the Ravens this week. Uh, Elliot, do we have anything for the Ravens? No, I came prepared for the Steelers. Oh, good. Let's. We're going to hold off on the Ravens because we can always well, hold mean, off on the Ravens. You always just say the city of Baltimore. There's your joke. Now let's yeah. move on. <laughs> crab cakes, crab cakes, crab cakes. Okay. So we're back to the Steeler joke section. Joel, I mean, uh, Elliot and Joel, if you want to pick up on this, uh, Elliot, did you bring props today? If you're watching this on YouTube or Twitter, uh, we're all, you know, uh, I'm not sure if Elliot's got props or not. Yeah, no, I I did. I, I, you know, (laughs) I I did bring a prop. Um, It's an invention, actually. You know, what happens um, if your dog gets sick and makes a mess? Uh, you need an, something to clean it up. Oh, and yeah. so I brought a terrible towel. And what's great about this is the terrible towel. You just take this and you tear it. <laughs> and you can wipe up the mess. And you still have another half that you can use to wipe up the mess next time. So it's brilliant. But I want to say something. I don't want to get uh, too down on the Steelers because this terrible towel was invented by Myron Cope. And all the money from the terrible towel went to charity. So Myron Cope was really a great guy for the city of Pittsburgh. And actually, I wrote the uh, obituary for Myron Cope when he passed. I wrote that for the uh, Pittsburgh Brownbackers. Uh, but I want to do something that's really mean uh, to the city of Pittsburgh. 
because I have an expose on Myron Cope, and I hope you can see this. Let me see if I can zoom this. This is the yes. biography of um, Jimmy Brown. Ah. And who was the writer that Myron uh, Cope? Yes, Myron was the Cope. Ghostwriter Myron Cope is one of us. He wow. wrote the biography or co-wrote the biography autobiography of Jim Brown. So wow. take that, Steelers Nation. Oh. Ivan Cope is one of us. So <laughs> there it is. Steelers, you sucked back then, and you know you're uh, you're you're the guy that made the terrible towel is now writing books about. He did that. He did that back in 1963. 1963. Yeah. <laughs> Myron Cope was a fan of Jimmy Brown. Uh, actually, I love Myron Cope. I think he was yes. great. Yes. Myron Cope. Oi and double yoy. He had a. This, <laughs> what? Nobody the... actually talks like that. Nobody <laughs> talks like that. Only Myron Cope. There's one block in Pittsburgh where they have this really strange accent and that's where Myron Cope was born and lived his entire life. And, uh, uh he was just really a character and he was just absolutely wonderful. And he invented the terrible towel and it probably made millions of dollars and every yes. penny of it, as far as I understand, uh, went to charity. Went to charity. Yeah. And that's a good cause. He was yep. a fan of Jim Brown. And I will just add one. And I've said this to the last podcast with our show, but, I want to thank the guys too, our, our Pittsburgh affiliate with Fans First Sports Network. The guys from Pittsburgh have been spearheading a lot of what we see today with a lot of the affiliates growing, and um, they've been behind the scenes doing a lot of the work. So we do appreciate that part. I'll, I'll say this I, about Pittsburgh, but I, I mean I hate <laughs> Pittsburgh, but they were one of the weren't they one of the two teams that voted against the Art yep. Modell move. That's right. Yep. Mr. Yes. Rooney yep. supported the city of Cleveland. So, so yes. for me, yeah, we're, we're football this is a brotherhood. Rivals, you know, I, I hate Pittsburgh, but like they're my brother. You know, just I, like the Bills I are also, my brother. I yeah. also appreciate the fact that uh, they did that, and I won't make fun uh, of them having a quarterback who buys his gloves at Oshkosh Bagash. So I'll leave that alone. <laughs> I will though. Just send me the link. <laughs> So our trivia, let's just go back to our trivia question real quick. Who were the three quarterbacks the Browns have drafted oh, 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 in the first I know, round I know, I know, I know, I know. between 2012 and 22? Joel? Brandon Wheaton. I already gave it away. <laughs> yes, you did. Who were the other two? I'll leave that for other people. I know, but I'm going to let other people talk. Johnny Manziel. Okay. Johnny Manziel. Yep. And, and, come on now. Baker Mayfield. The number one guy. Baker. <laughs> There you go, folks. That's our answer to our trivia question. We're going to finish this last segment of um, Did You Know, our Browns Did You Know segment. So um, if something that maybe the fans of, of the Browns, something that you know, like from writing or anything that you've historically, something that you'd like to share out to our loyal listeners, did you know? Who'd like to start with that? I'll jump and, on this. Okay, Joe. Now, this was an anticipation of us actually talking about Baltimore and telling a Baltimore joke. And I interpret the word Browns loosely here. So here, here's my take. If you have a team in your area named the Browns, 
do not, under any circumstances, let that team go to Baltimore. Okay? We all know that the Baltimore, Baltimore stole our beloved Cleveland Browns. But did you know that the city of Baltimore also stole the St. Louis Browns baseball team yep. and then rebranded them as the Baltimore yeah. Orioles? Now, I bring this up because I was yeah. in line outside of Baltimore Stadium, whatever they call that place. Yeah. Right? Fighting off the homeless people, trying to get in the stadium. And some fan some fan looked at me and said, what's a brown anyway? And I said, you know what? The fact that you don't know what a brown is is a black stain on the city of Baltimore. Yeah. That's what that is. So why don't you just look up your own history of your own professional franchises? You're on like your fourth professional franchise. You had three chances with the Baltimore Colts, and you mess up every single one of them, mm-hmm. and now you got to come take my team. Yeah, get over it. Don't let your fr- your favorite Browns organization, whatever they whatever they play, field yeah. hockey, soccer, yes. whatever. If they're named the Browns, don't let them go to Baltimore. Good take. Good take, Steve. Did you know? What did we know? Did you I, got something? No. Did you know? Well, earlier I mentioned that uh, this is totally off the cup. Uh, that. Uh, Paul Brown invented the the 40-yard dash. Did you know he accidentally invented the draw play? Really? During a game, uh, Marion Motley was the... Was that fourth and nine? I don't know. And uh, Autogram was the quarterback, and they had a little miscommunication. Motley thought it was a running play. Graham thought it was a passing play. Yeah. I mean, the other way around. Graham thought it was running play, and Motley thought it was a passing play. So Motley was going to step up and block, and Otto Graham stopped. And they both paused, and he handed the ball, and Motley took off, and Paul Brown went, I like that. Yeah. And he invented the draw play. Excellent. Oh, that's that's cool. I did not know that. Uh, Elliot, what, what do you got? Well, uh, that's very interesting. Uh, Steve, I also had a autogram trivia question did you know there you go that autogram was not the first cleveland browns starting quarterback mm. it was a guy named cliff lewis yep auto uh did start the first cleveland browns game but he was actually playing defense he was a defensive back a corner back and he actually had five interceptions for the Browns on defense that year. Oh, wow. And he played both ways. He was a two-way player and <laughs> played cornerback as well as quarterback. Oh, that's he's like, cool. He's like the Babe Ruth of the NFL, right? He goes yeah. out there and is the greatest quarterback of all time. I don't care what you say about Tom Brady. And then he goes out and plays corner and dominates on defense. It's like Babe oh. Ruth. He starts yeah. his career in Boston pitching – as a pitcher, wins a hundred games as a pitcher, which is really, really good. Like, and then goes hits the most home runs before you know Hank Aaron, the most home runs in, in Major League Baseball history. So whenever I hear this yep. whole like Barry Bonds is the greatest player ever, no, he's not. Let's watch him get on the mound and let's watch mm-hmm. him pitch and win a hundred games as a as a starter. Then we'll talk about who's the greatest player ever. Except yeah, for the I'm fact a- that Babe Ruth is from Baltimore, we got to forgive him for that somehow. <laughs> So yeah, how many times did uh, Tom Brady win a world championship playing basketball? By the way, <laughs> there you go. Did you know? So my take is about the Cleveland Browns stadium 
history. So I was doing some research on the old municipal stadium. And the Browns actually, the the Indians and the Browns, those organizations back in the late 1920s, um, they put the vote to the the people of the the city, uh, the county voted in 1928, passed this uh, to to build a new municipal stadium. Uh, That vote happened in November of 1928. And then the stadium was opened in July of 31. Um, They played... Baseball, they were the Indians and some, they, they kind of played there, but it was too big. And then they went back to the old uh, ballpark for a few years and they came back. And it really wasn't until like the late 30s, early 40s that they started playing baseball. As far as football was concerned, um, they, I didn't know this. And maybe the, our fans didn't know that the, the Browns actually, it was the, they actually had a football team called the Cleveland Indians. It seemed like a lot of these teams back then had names of baseball teams. 1931 they played football there it was the cleveland indians that were the football team that were playing at the stadium um it was 1946 that they played the browns became the browns they know there were some other teams like the rams they ended up going to los angeles but they were the rams and uh cleveland anyway 1946 the browns ended up playing the miami seahawks we talked about seattle seahawks they were originally the miami Seahawks. That game was 1946 was the first time the Browns played at old municipal stadium. Uh, it was in September of, of 46. So just a little history there, but, uh, lots of, lots of stuff there. They, um, you know, and then they've, of course they rebuilt, like we were talking earlier in 97, they started building the new Cleveland Brown stadium, which we have now. So did you know, so let's finish up with this real quick. Final takes. Uh, I want to announce our winner. Uh, let's do our winner right now, and then any final takes you want to. Uh, and we again, we'll talk a little bit about what's coming up next week, and as we get closer to the draft. So our winner, our trivia question, our trivia give or I'm sorry, our giveaway was for our, our t-shirt, our Browns t-shirt. And so uh, the, somebody, um, you had to be retweet, and you had to follow our new network. We are building our network, so thank you. All of you that are following the uh, Elves uh, Network on Fans First Sports Network. So our winner this week, his name is Jason D. And that's Demon Fury 89. <laughs> Congratulations, Jason. You are Let's our go. winner of the, go, Jason. T- the Browns t-shirt. Congratulations. Thank you for following the show and retweeting our post. And keep doing that, folks. Keep spreading the word about our new network. We have, like, you already hear it from here. You see it if you're watching us. You know, we got some great con- contributions here. Guys, they just know the game. Or they Maybe they don't know the game like like me, but but we love talking to Browns. We're just fans, and we're just like you. So we just like being here and talking about it with all of you. And final takes. Joel, you got any final takes before we, we say goodbye? See, I'm, not, I'm never prepared for the final takes. Um, <laughs> go Browns. There you go. There you go. Steve. Uh, I'll have another mock draft out on uh, clevelandsporttalk.com. Probably uh, write it up tomorrow in between tax returns. For those that don't know, I'm a self-employed accountant and a little busy right now. Yes. But uh, I'll have a, have a, a mock bit. draft out. Just a little bit. I'll have a mock draft out <laughs> probably this weekend. My, my second. My draft mockery number two. That's what I call it. And that'll be on Cleveland Sports Talk. 
Correct. Excellent. And thank go Browns. Go Browns. Village Elliott. Oh, well, I wanted to have another do you know. You mentioned the Cleveland football Indians. Yes. I don't know if it's politically correct to say Cleveland Indians anymore, but nevertheless, <laughs> Jim Thorpe, who was actually a Native American athlete, one of the most famous athletes of all time, played for the Cleveland football Indians uh, in Cleveland. He did play for them. Did you know that? He was the also the first NFL commissioner. He was. When he played for the Canton Bulldogs. The Canton Bulldogs. And then... Uh, when did that happen? Was that 1920? That was in 1920. Yeah. Oh, wow. But wait, he... And then he played for the Cleveland Indians in... What year that would, would that be? That would be about 1922, maybe? It was late 22 or Okay. 23. Yeah, for it, the reason. It was, not, it was not terribly late. It was, no. uh, it was no, like was... in the, uh, um, probably about. Well, here you, I could look it up, but it was about 1922 or 23, I think. Okay. Yep. Very cool. Well, folks, thank you, guys. I appreciate you uh, being here. And again, thank you for, to the fans and all of you who are, are Browns fans. We've got so much coming up in the next couple of weeks. We've got the draft coming. And um, we'll have a lot more uh, takes on that. We've got some new shows. We've just started up. I know Joel has started up his new What the Elf is That? And he'll be coming on next week. We've got Rod, who does the Browns Blitz. That will be coming to you on Thursdays. I know Joel and Elliot are starting up a new show in the near future. That We're working on a title. And uh, we'll be bringing you again another The Fanatical Elves show on uh, Fridays. Uh, And then um, we've got the My Johnny Cleveland podcast, which will be coming to you, I think, Mondays right now. I've also added we're doing any given Sunday kickoff show on Sundays. Just a brief little rundown where I will kind of share out again what I just did as far as the shows that are upcoming. We've got shows They're coming to you pretty much almost daily. So please tune in. Please spread the word to Browns fans across the country. We've got a great group here that has a lot of knowledge and we have a lot of fun talking just like you do about the Brownies. So thanks again for joining our show. Everybody have a great night. This is the Fanatical Elf Show. We will see you next time. Later. Woo woo.